Ladies and gentlemen, hello there and welcome to another edition of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show. I am Mr. Warren Hayes, joining you, joining you, joining me. It is a, a festival of, of uh, uh, fortitude. No, that's not the word. Not a festival of friendship either. That's been copyrighted, I'm sure. A festival of uh, flamboyance. That sounds that sounds just about right. Hi, I'm back in the saddle after uh, uh, <clears throat> just a a, a a one evening excursion. Let's put it that way. I'm glad to be back. I know, I know. I had, took a, a an evening off that turned out to be during one of the greatest <laughs> Monday Night Raws of all time, or at least of recent memory. Uh, I'll, I'll talk about that in just a little bit. I'll, I'll, I'll reserve some time for just a few quick thoughts on, uh, on Raw. But for now, for now, we're talking, we're going to be talking tonight about the SmackDown Live show that occurred on February 26, 2019. I'm glad there's, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're watching this live, for instance. A bunch of people here watching this live over on youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes to do this every Monday and Tuesday evening, right? Well, not immediately after, like about a half hour once the show is done, you know, then I, you know, I, I stretch, get myself a little glass of water, put on a t-shirt. Because <laughs> I, yeah, I know, I watch wrestling. I watch wrestling without a shirt. Makes me makes me feel it's a more immersive experience. I feel I feel like I'm a part of the show if my nipples are bare, basically. Um, so uh, <laughs> so basically, um, no, that's it. So I do this. I do this every uh, after every show. Uh, and, and so you know, if you're watching this later on, that's fine. But tonight we've got a bunch of people. Here in the chat, we've got Blaine, we've got Kristen Ashley from uh, diva-nerd.com. She's the editor-in-chief there. Uh, we've got Richard Storm, JPQ is here, Joe Anthony, who's on time for once, Robert Larry, Jay King, CM Phil, Bobaruski. I'm already exhausted. There's too many people. Did I say Richard Storm is here? Because Richard Storm is here. There's a whole bunch of, there's a whole bunch of people. Fantastic. And uh, so if you're watching this later on, know that there's a live show. But if you're watching this, you know, at your own convenience, that is fantastic. And I appreciate and and thank you and love you. And if you know, feel free to thumbs up the video, send it, send out a, 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 a share on social media. You just toss the video out there a bit. That's fantastic. And um, and yeah, and otherwise you can listen, li just listen, not watch. Just listen to me talk. Over on your faithful, 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 yes, because surely fate brought you to your favorite podcasting application. Because uh, I've, I've got the podcast then as well. It's basically the audio of the video that I put out there on Apple and Google Podcasts and uh, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean. It's all there. Just go enjoy it. Have fun. Whatever way you do it. Just enjoy. Consider leaving a review. Consider leaving a like, depending on the platform. Consider uh, subscribing. 
those are all little ways, tiny wee ways to show that you uh, that you like my stuff and it's a great way to show support without me asking you for money. I'm not, you know, or uh, or human sacrifice or animal sacrifice. You know, that's something we don't hear about much in the podcasting community. We hear, you know, all sorts of uh, advertisements for uh, for um, uh, sexual performance pills. We hear advertisements for, uh, um, well, especially during the uh, Valentine's Day season, about flowers being dipped in uh, in certain precious minerals. All I ask is a sub. That's all I want from you. <laughs> no, no sacrifices, no blood rituals, just a sub. That's that's fine. <laughs> oh boy oh what have I done to chat already everyone's talking about my nipples that's on me though I'm sorry I'm I'm really really sorry uh tomorrow evening is gonna tomorrow's Wednesday so that means that tomorrow evening I'm going to be doing my usual weekly 205 live NXT NXT UK recap show over on fightfulselect.com Fightful Select is the premium service of Fightful.com, which I'm sure most of you know about by now, run by the monogamous, monogamous, is that, I don't, I don't think that's the right word, the, uh, the, uh, the highly esteemed Sean Ross, monogamous, he probably is, but I mean, it's not necessarily a quality I want to throw out there, you know, I mean, mean, it's fine, anyway. It's run by Sean Ross Sapp, <laughs> the Scoops Master, and uh, and uh, Fightful Select is the uh, is the premium service for that combat news sports website. It's five dollars a month. You show direct support for the site, and you get to see me do my thing. You get to see Sean do a bunch of extra podcasts there as well. You get to see Stephen Jensen or hear Stephen Jensen do the Fightful Weekly recap you uh so that's fantastic go check that out i do that at 10 p.m once the three-hour block of programming of wwe is done over on the network right after that i'm up on fightful select you can come join me there as well there's there's actually people who come over that's really cool so that's fun you know what else is fun I did a couple of well. Uh, I was on uh, JPQ, and I want I, I want to mention this again because uh, this happened. Um, uh, we recorded it last week, and uh, JPQ uh, ha- JPQ moderator here in my in, in the chat here live. He also has uh, his own podcast called No Particular Angle. You can find that on your favorite podcasting platform. And he was kind enough to invite me onto a show last week, and we talked about we talked about tag team wrestling. We talked about Oscar plans for Oscar with it. Where does Oscar stand in a Becky Charlotte Ronda world? That's basically what we talked about, and uh, it, it was fantastic. And I don't know if you took the time to t- to check it out, but do so. Go right ahead. No particular angle. I was on there last Wednesday's episode. Check that out. You can also watch the unedited video of our talk here, right here on uh, youtubecom slash Hayes. But you can also go over to his podcast and check that out. And uh, my girl, Kristen Ashley, she, um, Kristen Ashley, she's uh, she released another episode of the Division podcast, which is Fightful's women's wrestling podcast. She had uh, such a fantastic show, literally the best show. 
since she started, and I wasn't involved. So there you go. <laughs> and I'm not. I'm not just. Uh, I'm not just saying stuff. This was an extraordinary show. Go check it out. Fantastic topics. Stuff that you don't hear discussed on many podcasts these days. It's. Uh, it's a. It's amazing. It is amazing. Um, so there we go. I think I talked about everything that has to, that has to go, that's been, that has, will be going on. So there you go. Anthony from Smart to Death has joined us. Everyone's still talking about my nipples. It is the last time I talk about my nipples on stream. The next time, next time I talk about them. You know, it's, it'll be a put up or shut up situation. So, I want to pull up. I want. I want to talk about. <laughs> oh, chat! You're having way too much fun with this. Um, <laughs> oh boy, I want to talk about. Um, I want to talk about last night's Monday Night Raw really quickly. Uh, I know this is a SmackDown show, but I didn't have. Um, but yeah, but I didn't have any. Uh, I, I didn't have the stream last night, so I just want to just want to cover a couple of things. Of course, first and foremost, I want to say how exciting it is that Roman Reigns is doing better, that his uh, leukemia is in remission, and I want to send out a very emphatic, a very heartfelt and sincere, very deep and uh, and true sentiment here. I want to send out a a very very earnest fuck you. To anyone who thinks that this is a work and have been uh, looking for some conspiracy uh, to uh, put Roman Reigns over or, you know, have him take some time off to shoot a movie, whatever. All right. Um, like, I invite anyone who has this type of uh, this type of mindset who may be watching right now or uh, or listening to just just turn off my podcast. Just like just turn it off. Because I, I'm not really interested. You can just go away. And if you're in the chat right now and you're like, "Oh, Roman Reigns is," you can you can also leave. Unless you're doing it sarcastically, just to like you know maybe give chat uh, another uh, you know another conversation piece other than uh, other than my 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 nipples. That'd be great. You can do that. <laughs> um. But I did catch up with Robert. So, so essentially, yeah, Roman was fantastic. What a reception he got. Uh, you know, it, it is entirely in WWE's camp now, in creative's camp, to make sure he stays over. Because right now, uh, I mean, he, I don't think he could do any wrong at this point. I like the little winks that they did in regards to the Shield reforming. They'll probably do it one last time considering Dean is leaving. So they're probably going to have like, maybe not an official shield reunion or maybe they will, or maybe just like one moment where all three, three guys are back together. Cause Dean, Dean is not a baby. He's not a heel anymore. He's back to being a baby face. He's back to being his uh, usual goofy self. Uh, the Dean that we always loved. So, you know, uh, why not give him one last hurrah, one really final Hurrah with his uh, with his buddies. Anyway, uh, so 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 that was that was cool. I I really liked the Leo Rush um, 
Finn Balor match. Now, if only WWE could take the time to to make Leo Rush a credible opponent, not just for Finn Balor, but for anyone, not just be the little guy, this, you know, actually make him credible, then that would mean he would wrestle more. We would get more stuff out of him because that match was that, that match was phenomenal. And we keep, you know, a lot of a lot of us keep talking about uh we keep talking about Ricochet uh and how the fantastic shit he does. Leo Rush is in that same caliber of wrestler. He's fantastic. So that was a fun match. Um I I I I guess I like the Becky Lynch segment. I Ronda Rousey Becky Lynch segment. Um, I can't wait for Becky's knee to be healed <laughs> in storyline because you know I'm kind of sick of seeing her hobbling around. You know, again, WWE security is just the absolute uh, is just absolute utter piss. You know, if they can't stop a a a, a hobbling woman woman from uh, jumping the barricade and striking their champion with a with a crutch. I have no idea what Ronda Rousey was talking about in her promo when she laid the belt down. No idea what what, what was going on there. That was a, actually a fun match, a tag team match that uh, that they had as well. And then and then, what can we say about Batista crashing? Uh, Ric Flair's birthday celebration. What a wonderful surprise. That was so good. And it was so well produced as well. It was really, really well done. It looked so good and credible. And Batista just harking back, harkening back to, you know, that little semi-standoff he had with Triple H at uh, SmackDown 1000 invoking the fact that WWE keeps ignoring him. I am so stoked at the idea of having Batista and Triple H have their final blow-off match at WrestleMania. This is a Legends match, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, it's a Legends match that I'm actually looking forward to seeing. This, this will actually be a good time. One thing that I find not a lot of people are talking about, I don't know what you guys in chat thought, but when they were introducing... You know the uh, when they were introducing people in the uh, not in the audience, but then when they were introducing the uh, the legends, you know Ricky Steamboat that was there, Kurt Angle, the pop that Sting got was non negligible. That was uh, people were excited to see Sting quite a bit. That kind of uh, that kind of made me happy. You know, Sting hasn't had the easiest career path or uh, or life journey either. And his uh, his final years with WWE, when he finally, you know, the, wrestled a few matches there, weren't necessarily stellar. But it's nice, you know, to see that he can, you know, he can come out with his uh, in his legend role, and people are excited to see them. That made me happy. And that, what a crazy show! What a batshit crazy show! And. Did the NXT guys look fantastic or what in their match against the Revival? I'm talking about Aleister Black and Ricochet. That was so good. So, so good. Both guys looked amazing. They definitely want to build Black and Ricochet up. Black and Ricochet are going to be fine 
on main roster. Absolutely fine. And I just want to sh- give a shout out to everyone who uh, who tried to convince me that Ricochet's ceiling was 205 Live. Cheers. All right. Let's get down to... Let's get down to uh, to the show. Let's talk about the show. I'm glad everyone is uh, has decided to move on. Everyone in chat has decided to move on from uh, from my body issues. <laughs> and uh, we'll talk about uh, we'll talk about tonight's show. We had a contract signing to start this off. Stephanie McMahon and Shane were both in the ring uh, because two McMahons are better than one for a contract signing, right? And um, and the uh, you know the um, maybe there was one McMahon too many, you know. Shane <laughs> Shane basically t- what did he say about uh, uh, about Kofi Kingston? He's an overnight sensation, eleven years in the making, or something like that. It doesn't work like that. You're not an overnight sensation if you're 11 years in the making, Shane. Even Stephanie McMahon thought that was a, that was bad. That sounded weird. Uh, uh, so anyway, Daniel Bryan is in the ring already with uh, Eric Rowan, and Mc, uh, Stephanie says, uh, you know, sitting in this uh, leather chair is Daniel Bryan. I thought that was a nice little jab. Stephanie was uh, was uh, on on top of things, and then the new day come out. Well. Kofi Kingston comes out accompanied by the New Day. Excuse me. Uh, and uh, he joins everyone in the ring. And um, and they have a nice little video recap of uh, Kofi's career. Going back to, well, 11 years ago, right? Back to 2008. Um, and some of his accomplishments, you know, winning the Intercontinental Championship, winning the U.S. title. You know, uh, we've um, we, we we get to just a, a reminder of where he uh, uh, just a reminder of where he's been at, especially for the newer fans who might who might just know Kofi for his New Day stuff. I mean that that was fine and it was good and it made me not miss his faux Jamaican entrance theme from back then. That was uh, that's something I didn't miss. Anyway, he gets a huge reaction. He takes the time to soak it in. He even goes around the ring and slaps in everyone, uh, slaps everyone's hands. And to be frank with you, and I know you can sit back and say, Warren, this is bullshit. You say you saw it coming, but of course now you can talk. You can say you saw it coming now that it's done. But honestly, folks, when they started, when, when they had the video package, you know, just to remind us of how much of a of a long career he's had and how his opportunities at the world title have not been, well, he's never had one until Elimination Chamber and especially not a singles one like like this. You know, building him up as a really like a, a, a heartfelt baby face, I'm like, man, they are going to, they're going to swerve us. Something's going to happen tonight. And what happens? Vince McMahon happens. And what does he do? He takes Kofi out of the match. He says he needs someone 
to uh, he needs someone to be a a, a draw a, a blockbuster a competitor, someone that will get the money. You know, someone who's more deserving and more qualified than you, Kofi. And it's Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens comes into the ring. Man. So he comes to the ring and the New Day are throwing a fit. When I say but when I say the new day, I mean uh Big E and uh and Xavier, they are mad as hell. They're screaming at Stephanie and Shane, who are kind of, who are kind of like shrugging, like, well, it's the old man. What could I do? Kevin Owens comes into the ring. Kofi is dejected. Like I think that's it I think his expression you know his eyes got a little puffy. I think he, I think he cried a bit. I think that's exactly what the expression. I think that's exactly the definition of what dejected is. It was spot on. New Day are freaking out. Eventually they leave, leaving Kevin Owens and Daniel Bryan in 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 the ring, seated across from each other, and. Um, you know, uh, Kevin Owens is ready to get uh, to to become the uh, contender for the uh, for the world of not the world but the WWE title at Fastlane. But like he's sort of like Kevin Owens is a modern day master of the stall, and everyone who watches the show knows I like a good stall. And what was he doing here? What was he doing here? He was stalling. He was. Stalling. Um, because he, I don't think he actually signed anything or he was like pointing at stuff and he, he was just ignoring the New Day. And, and we cut to commercial on that. So here are my thoughts. I, I have a couple. First of all, I'm not that... It's hard for me to be mad because Kevin Owens is back and they're like thrusting him into this position right off uh right off the bat um so um so that that's something that I can't be disappointed about because uh, Kevin Owens will add a lot and man he looks in great great shape so I can't wait to see what what they do with him next kind of weird kind of weird that Vince McMahon comes out vouching for him a year after Kevin Owens headbutted him in the in the brain. And Vince McMahon's blood juice flowed from it. You know, it was kind of weird. And quite frankly, peeps. <laughs> I don't ever want to call you guys that again. Quite frankly, if if they're taking Kofi out of the fast lane match and they're giving this a bit of a they're they're giving us a bit of a swerve, they're giving us a bit of a twist. This means good things for Kofi Kingston, I believe. That means that we're going forward in probably into WrestleMania with Kofi and Daniel Bryan or whatever, but there's it bodes well for 
post-Fastlane shenanigans as far as Kofi goes. Because had you just, uh, had you, or had we, had they, just continued down a, trage- a trajectory heading into Fastlane, you would have said perhaps taking the Fastlane to Fastlane. Um, had they kept that path, uh, inevitably, Kofi would have lost the match at Fastlane. I mean, unless, I wouldn't see why they would have had Daniel, Daniel Bryan drop the title one month before WrestleMania, but weirder things have happened. Um, had he uh, had he lost the title, uh, had Kofi lost the match, that would have been it for that program, for sure. Because, or at least it would have entered... Uh, they would have had to pull out some magic then at this uh, at that point. But now they're giving it more gas. They're keeping Kofi up in the main event spot. You know, I don't think it's a demotion. I don't think it's any, there's anything wrong with it. Now, what's kind of weird is that, you know, this is essentially the angle that Vince McMahon pulled a couple of weeks ago, pull, bringing Charlotte out of nowhere and replacing Becky and being just, you know, dick heel Vince McMahon. And the Mr. McMahon character, basically. So it's it was kind of s- strange that they're doing the same thing with Kofi when they didn't necessarily have to do that. You know, Kofi has, he just has the underdog baby face energy about him. They could have just rode that without needing to bring in the boss who has a tendency to screw people over. But then again, I get to thinking and I'm like, well... What if what we're seeing right now is the creation of a group of wrestlers that Vince McMahon has handpicked to watch over his interests in the company and not let his kids and Triple H dictate how things are going? Because right now, Vince McMahon has been undermining uh, storyline, of course, I'm talking all in storyline. He's been undermining the authority of Stephanie, of Trips, of Shane. Uh, you know, and you know, because they're making matches, they're deciding stuff. Um, you know, just last night, Stephanie's trying to maintain order with the women's division, and Ronda Rousey basically says, "I quit." Um, so Triple H brings NXT guys out of nowhere. You know, maybe Vince is like, no, you know what? I have another, I've had enough of this bullshit. I'm going to go get people. I'm going to go get company people. And they're going to work for me. And they're going to do my stuff. You know, Charlotte and, and Kevin Owens, they work really well in this, uh, in this context. But maybe I'm looking too much into it. Maybe... Maybe that's not the plan at all. And it's just like, ah, Vince, just toss in Vince there so that he can, like, he's the wild card now. Like, he can come in and do whatever he wants. No one contests him. That could be it. It just felt a little, it was, it was fun. Like I said, ultimately, I'm interested to see where they go with this angle because I, and, and I'm, I'm not apprehensive of it because I feel it gives more gas for Kofi down the line. But it would have been nice for them to just do it in uh, in another way. So we come back from commercial then, and um, and uh, Kevin Owens is backstage with uh, Stephanie and Shane and demands 
to get a tag team match against uh, Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan with his partner, Kofi Kingston. We'll see what happens here. Um... What have, I'm just going to run through chat here a bit and see what, uh, what are we doing here? CM Phil says, I really didn't like this angle. It, I get it's a work to get Kofi on Mania, but it's such a bad optic. Vince buries him for no reason. Then we get silent acceptance from Kofi. Bah! I could understand that sentiment, uh, Phil. I thought the fact that the, um, that the New Day were really sticking up for him was, was good. Uh, and you know, Kofi did end up turning, uh, turning out a great performance later on, but I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Um, Jay King says, uh, more deserving when talking about what Vince McMahon wanted as far as a, uh, as a contender goes. Wasn't Owens getting his ass beaten by Braun Strowman for the majority of his 2018? Uh, yep. <laughs> um, Jake King again also says, "Hope we see Price Fighter KO instead of Pussy Owens." Yeah, I, I can I can say that. Uh, Joe Anthony says, "Vince respects Kevin Kevin's ruthless aggression." I guess I guess that's uh, I guess that's the uh, the the uh, the logic behind it. And Kristen says, "That's okay. Rejection from society is what created the X Men." That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> All right, next, we have the bar in the ring ready for the Cesaro versus Johnny Gargano match that I was so excited for, but no! No, that's not where we're getting. We're getting swerved. We're getting swerved. Uh, changes happen. Uh a card subject to change. This is what happens, folks, in professional wrestling. Instead of getting Cesaro versus Johnny Gargano, we get the bar versus the Hardy Boys. Not just Jeff Hardy. Matt Hardy is back as well. He's in ring shape. He is not broken. He is not woken. He is Jeff. Um, uh, Jeff's brother, Matt. Um, so yeah, so we have this impromptu match, I guess, you know, since they were in, in Charlotte and the, uh, the Hardys live not too far away. They wanted to just to give a little surprise, I guess. Still bummed we didn't get Gargano versus Cesaro, but that can always happen again. So the Hardys are in control already on, early on, and they stay pretty much in control during this match. Jeff, uh, at some point does a Topicon Hilo off Matt's back to the outside when we're back from commercial, the bar is in control of Jeff. Uh, he uh, eats a, a Cesaro swing and a reverse suplex from Sheamus. Um, but Jeff fights back with a nicely executed whisper in the wind on both guys. And for once, Jeff Hardy doesn't look like he tried to paralyze himself doing it in the hot. In the meantime, hot tag to Matt follows. Uh, he hits a side effect on Cesaro, covers him, but only gets two. Hits an elbow drop from the second turnbuckle. Covers Cesaro again, only gets two. A series of twists of fate on both of the heels follow. And uh, your boy, Jeff Hardy, hits a beautiful Sawan Atan Abom for the win. Neat little match. 
Thought Matt Hardy looked like a million bucks. Excuse me. Uh, yeah. So I don't know exactly. I don't know exactly what. Uh, I don't know exactly what the plan is here. Uh, your boy Sean was reporting just uh, during the show that the Hardys had their contracts rolled over for an, a year. So I guess Matt is going to be back to wrestling. Wasn't his, wasn't the bottom of his spine fusing with his pelvis or something like that? Something like that. Um, everyone's talking about those swerves, them swerves. Jay King says, I honestly believe WWE realized that they messed up bringing up uh, Ciampa and Gargano, knowing damn well that they are in a developing storyline in NXT, plus their champions. That the, the plus their champions was my editorial, by the way. Uh, Jeff looked better than uh, usual tonight. He did, says C. I agree, CM Phil. Uh, you can tell he was excited to have Matt there. Now set up the Hardys versus the Usos. You know what? That's probably what they're going to be heading for in, to WrestleMania now that you, uh, now that uh, we talk about it. Richard Storm says, Warren, how many drinks have you had? I, uh, for the record, once again, I, I do not drink during my, uh, during the stream or previous to it. I am stone cold sober, boys and girls. This is just water fresh out of my tap and it tastes extra special because it's in a mason jar. Mm. <laughs> we get a little backstage, uh, a little backstage segment where Alistair and Ricochet are in the men's locker room and uh, Lana sneaks in and starts cussing them out, saying they're nothing special. But the NXT lads disagree because they are going to be facing Rusev and Shinsuke Nakamura a little later on. Then we get a video and uh, we get the announcement, the official announcement that Honky Tonk Man is going to be inducted in the 2019 class of um, the 2019 class of uh, the WWE Hall of Fame. And we got a nice little video montage of his... Uh, uh, of his greatest moments, his events. Longest running, consecutive running, longest reign, hello, longest reign <laughs> as Intercontinental Champion, still standing as far as that record goes, uh, eventually lost it to Ultimate Warrior. That's uh, the, the guy he dropped it to. Uh, it's an interesting, like, I remember Honky Tonk Man uh, and you know, when you think about his gimmick, his gimmick was basically, he was an Elvis, uh, um, what's the word? What's the word? Um, uh, impersonator. <laughs> he was an Elvis impersonator who had never heard about Elvis. That was, <laughs> I think that, you know, when you take it just at face value, it's, it's the best damn gimmick. You know, it's fantastic. So, you know, and he couldn't play guitar legitimately. And you saw it in the video. They emphasize that. It was really funny. It was a fun gimmick. And he, man, he could generate heat because he wasn't that great a worker. And his job was to take an ass whooping until he could crack his guitar across someone's back or Jimmy Hart would interfere. And he'd always win by nefarious means. And I remember him most for his feud with Jake the Snake Roberts when he wanted... Uh, when he uh, was calling out the DDT, which was 
Jake Roberts' finisher as unsafe. It was the most unsafe wrestling move, and he wanted it banned. So he had this whole campaign on wanting to ban the DDT. I thought that was fun. Um, so, uh, so as far as Honky Tonk Man goes, you know, it's an interesting... He, he's an interesting guy because ever since he's left like mainstream wrestling organizations, he's been very vocal about a whole bunch of people. Like he's feuded with just about everyone, you know, and, and uh, apparently he's an extremely difficult person to work with. Eric Bischoff will always take the opportunity to say whenever he has a chance that he took great pleasure in firing Honky Tonk Man when he was in WCW for like 6.3 hours, it feels. Uh, he, um, and he's like, he's feuded. Like he's had, and I mean, when I mean feud, I mean legitimate heat with uh, Dynamite Kid, Roddy Piper, Bret Hart. He mocked, he made, he impersonated Bret Hart post-stroke on a shoot interview at some point, Right? He's had heat with Ric Flair, Kevin Nash, Ted DiBiase, um, uh, uh, Jake Roberts, Ricky Steamboat, and even his cousin. He's he had um, he had heat with uh, uh, Jerry Lawler, who is his cousin. He's related to him. Apparently, they smooth things out now. Uh, but he's had he he'd even call he used to call him Chester the Molester, like. He's been at everyone's throats. But the funniest thing here, really the the funniest thing here is that, you know, since he's so outspoken, when Hall of Fame time comes around, people would reach out to him, you know, to try and get, so, uh, Honky, what do you think about, uh, do you think, what are your chances about getting into the Hall of Fame? And in 2015, okay, I'm going to read this verbatim because... This is what this is what he thought about the WWE Hall of Fame just four years ago. Okay, just four years ago. Like any other Hall of Fame, this is him speaking verbatim. Like any other Hall of Fame, it is a politically motivated extravaganza. I didn't play the game the right way, I suppose. And obviously, I still don't play the game the right way. You know, they're going to they're going to tie you to the whipping post until you humble down and crawl in there and thank them all for those nice things. They did for you while you sat at home for 20 years, starving to death with no paycheck. <laughs> and do you, and one of the reasons, one of the reasons he, uh, like, I, he wasn't, he was up for induction in 2010, or at least, you know, they were talking about it. And in 2010, he, he was approached and he, he declined the offer. And this is why, this, this is the reason he gave to declining a spot in the 2010 class of the WWE Hall of Fame. I was living here in Phoenix and they wanted to do it in Phoenix, but I was already booked doing the Wizard World comic book convention. I had a contract with those guys. I had a Toronto date the same weekend. He couldn't do it because he, he was doing meet and greets. At a comic book convention. That's the reason. He is. I mean, whether it's true or not, it doesn't matter. It's just 
such a goddamn asinine reason. But if it if it is if it is a phony reason, that just goes to show you how little regard he had for the Hall of Fame. Now, what happened within this period of time since then and now that had him that has him wondering, you know, why <laughs> why suddenly the change of heart? Mm, that legends contract money perhaps? Perhaps. I mean, he did spend the last 20 years starving with no paycheck, right? God damn. No, I won't. Uh, never mind your Hall of Fame induction. I'm, uh, I'm going, you know, 50 to 20 bucks a head to take a picture with me. <laughs> oh, CM Phil is on point tonight. The guy is telling you I don't want to I don't want to be in your Hall of Fame. They keep trying, but they drag their feet with China. Phil, Phil, you are you are our conscience tonight. Next we have R Truth who hits the ring for his US Championship Open Challenge. He says ever since I've been a a, a wee boy, a tyke, I think. A wee tyke is what he says. I wanted to be like my hero John Cena, which is hilarious because our truth is older than John Cena. So he says, but I want to continue the open challenge uh, tonight. Uh, I want to continue the open challenge tonight. Uh, so he says, you know, basically who, who comes in? Uh, he and Carmella do the second seven, the seven second dance break, which is fine. Uh, it, you know, good, phony, f- phony, funny, not phony, funny moment between uh, with uh, with our truth here. He's always he, he's always a joy. And uh, so basically the open challenge begins and who answers the call? None other than Andrade Cien Almas. He comes to the ring. But as he's walking down the ramp, he gets blindsided by that little, that little imp, Rey Mysterio, who, who jumps Andrade. He blindsides him and hits the ring. And you know what? They both want to fight. They both want to answer the open challenge. So... R-Truth is in a pickle. That's right. He's in a pickle. And he says, what would John Cena do? You know, because I, well, I, what would John Cena do in this type of situation? Carmella says, well, John Cena would, would fight them both. And he looks over and he's like, damn, he's brave. <laughs> he's like, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to fight two guys. At once. <laughs> but he, he ends up doing the right thing, living the... Living the John Cena uh, dream, I guess. He says, John, I'm going to make you proud. And I'm going to fight both these guys at once. So so that's what happens. We get a triple threat for uh, the U.S. Championship. Uh, Almas takes out Mysterio. This was a great match, by the way. Almas takes Mysterio out. Um, and um, Almas uh, takes down Truth with... and. Uh, uh, with a springboard Hurricane Rana, uh, no Mysterio hits a springboard Hurricane Rana on Almas. By the, uh, after that, uh, R Truth hits a uh, spinning corkscrew back elbow, uh, covers Mysterio but only gets two. Almas power bombs Truth to the floor, which was a man. You know, Almas he um, he he all of his offense looks really really uh, harsh. It looks really good. It looks like it hurts. 
probably does a bit too. Mysterio does his boogie board dive uh, to the outside, but Almas is there, has it scouted, and he drops, ki- drop kicks him as he's coming out. Back from commercial, we, we have some top rope shenanigans that end with that end with Rey Mysterio hitting a springboard Hurricane Rana onto Almas, who is seated on r Truth's shoulders. That's nuts. Rey Mysterio Jr junior or not is doing this in 2019 at the ripe age of 44 just a year younger than i by the way or maybe we're born in the same year and his birthday's coming up later maybe he was born uh, 45 years ago because that's my age i'm 45 <laughs> um so, but uh, let's let's take a moment to appreciate that spot. That was really really good. Truth uh, Stinger splashes almost in the corner. Uh, does the five uh, knuckle shuffle as well. Uh, he attempts a, 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 an attitude adjustment, but there's interference from uh, from Carmella from Zelina, um, which allows almost to plant our truth in the corner. Uh, Mysterio uh, gets back into the game though. He hits a seated senton on Almas. Uh, almost avoids the uh, 619, but hits hits his back elbow. Jesus Christ. You know, I, I tweeted this out. Uh, I'm, and I'm going to pull him up here. I posited the question. I went out there and I said, I just said, uh, 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 Andrade Cien Almas has the best back elbow in WWE. And... The answers, I'll read a few here, go like this. Yes, no question. Definitely devastating. Best in the world? It gets me hard, says one gentleman on my timeline. Uh, Muy perfecto, says your boy Blaine, uh, who's uh, moderating in the chat right now. Uh, Sean Ross Sapp chimes in and says, yep, and he hasn't hurt anyone with it. So there, you, so the move has the Sean Ross Sapp seal of excellence, so you know... That it is a good one. But for real, man. I mean, every time it hits, it comes out of nowhere. It looks harsh. It sounds harsh. It's perfect. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Um, match comes to an end when um, uh, Ray tries to go for a 619 on both Andrade and Truth at the same time. But Truth rolls out of the way. Uh, avoids the 619. Andrade eats it. And Truth rolls Mysterio up from behind for the win. And I liked it. I thought that was a nice little, uh, that was a nice little, uh, match. Felt really good. After the match, uh, Andrade tries to, uh, hit the hammerlock DDT on Mysterio, but he avoids it. Uh, and, uh, um, he tries to do another 619 on Almas, but he avoids that as well. It was great chemistry. But, I mean, as it stands right now, Almas and Mysterio together can do no wrong. They just can't do anything wrong. Next, we have the Queen. Which Queen am I talking about? Well, for all you know, I'm talking about Charlotte Flair. She comes to the ring and she says, did you notice when Mr. McMahon changed the main event at Fastlane earlier this evening, made it great? Well, he did the same thing with me a couple of years ago. 
It's almost, uh, you know, he sent your queen in to save the main event at WrestleMania. I know why Mr. McMahon did it. I know my lane and I stay in it. I always do what I'm asked to do. Public appearances, charity work, so on and so forth. I'm the gold standard. She calls Becky a criminal and Rhonda a quitter. There's two of those things in there that are one of those two statements is true. And she says, basically, that's what it that's what happens because they fear her. She fears nothing. And a true champion fears no one. We cut back to one of Rhonda's promos uh, from a couple of weeks ago using words that nobody outside of Warren Hayes war- uses in a in a promo context. I wouldn't even use the, some, most of my words in a promo context. You know what I mean? Um, and where basically she's talking about, you know, how a true champion stays on the top of the hill and, uh, you know, uh, you know, that... that uh, uh, that a champion uh, has to defend, you know, regardless of, re- regardless of uh, how they're, you know, if they're sick or not. And we cut back to Charlotte, who says, you know, that's the difference between she and me. You know, she's right. I agree with Ronda, but I will never quit. Referring to Ronda, who apparently vacated the title. She says she's the true champion, and that's why she's going to show up on Raw next Monday. To uh, with Vince McMahon to be crowned the new Raw Women's Champion, basically get the belt handed to her. Now, here's one thing I forgot to mention when I was talking about giving you my thoughts on Raw uh, at the start of the show. Here's what pisses me off about the situation. And yeah, it pisses me off. This is what I'm realizing. They are stripping, or at least... Rhonda is dropping the title. She's stripping herself of the title so that she doesn't lose it at WrestleMania. So that she doesn't actually ever have that blemish on her record. Whereas it would have just made much more sense for her to just go in with the title and drop it. Now, I'm really curious to know what they're going to do with this at Fastlane. We still got two episodes of main roster programming to build to Fastlane because it's not this Sunday. It's Sunday after that. But the what 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 bothers me here is that they're really putting... I'm starting to, to change my opinion or my thoughts... Whereas I really felt that they were going to put Ronda versus Becky in the main event at WrestleMania, just a one-on-one match. If you may remember, if you may remember my fantasy booking, we go into Fastlane with a match called Charlotte versus Becky, and we have a stipulation, very simple: if Becky wins the match, her suspension is lifted, and she gets to fight. Uh, Ronda Rousey one-on-one at WrestleMania. If Charlotte wins the match, everything stays the same. Becky stays suspended. She gets to fight Ronda Rousey. That's basically that's basically what I thought would happen with Becky winning, lifting her suspension, and getting the match at WrestleMania, which makes perfect sense. Now, I feel that they were, they're going all in with the triple threat thing. Because I really thought the triple threat thing was just a uh, was just a threat, 
uh, a storyline, a work to get us all uh, pumped up. But the more things are going forward, the more I'm fearing that this is exactly the plan that they're doing, especially if they're having Ronda drop the title because someone has to hold the title going into WrestleMania unless... Charlotte gets handed the title and Becky beats her at Fastlane. That's always a possibility. But it it really does bug me that we're probably going to go into WrestleMania and and Becky, uh, not Becky, but Ronda won't be champion and that she won't have officially dropped the title. I think that's shitty. And it's not, it's not, it's not protecting uh, Ronda, because Ronda, I, you know, I think that every good heel has to lose and has to have its moment, even though she's not a heel. You know what I mean? Every, you know, at some point, he does have to lose, especially to Becky. It's the right thing to do. And I think it's good for the division as well, because uh, the way that the way that Ronda's been booked, she's run roughshod throughout the entire division the whole year. No one has been able to stop her. There have been, you can talk about Ronda getting new eyeballs on the product and elevating the women that she's been fighting against, but no one has had any extra added credibility because they've all been beaten up. And some who might have actually been, you know, I'm thinking about Ruby Riot here, who would have actually been uh, who would have, it would have actually been useful for her to have a good pay-per-view match to sort of elevate her game. She got squashed. There was nothing, nothing really interesting, nothing really interesting about uh, about Ronda's reign on that level. I don't think anyone really benefited. I feel like, <clears throat> I feel like. All the women who have benefited from the last year in the women's division have all done it outside of Ronda Rousey. Like Charlotte and, not Charlotte, excuse me. Well, of course, Becky and Charlotte over on SmackDown, that's one thing. Uh, Asuka regaining the title, the, the SmackDown women's title, that's another thing. Sasha and Bailey, you know, finally, finally coming together as a team and working as a team. You know, Bailey has had some of her best matches in the past seven weeks, and she had in her entire in the entire uh, her entire run in 2018. Sasha looked is looking fantastic as well. She's got her motivation back. So I mean, it's it's so weird what they're doing with the uh, with the division. It's so so weird. What are you guys are thinking? What are you talking about here? Joe Anthony says that uh, he had a feeling the triple threat was coming. Technically, Be- Becky, Becky's the one being shoehorned. Charlotte versus Ronda has been rumored for Mania for a year now. Yep, well, she's being. Sh- you know what? The thing is, I I disagree. She's not being shoehorned. This is WWE listening to their audience. It's not a question of shoehorning here. I know what you mean, Joe Anthony. Um. But we got to give them credit here for flipping the script and being like, "Look, listen, we have a, we have a a hot commodity on our hands here. Let's not fuck this up." And I'm, I'm afraid, 
they still might fuck this up. Uh, <clears throat> Blaine doesn't mean the triple threat. Um, doesn't he doesn't doesn't mind the triple threat? JPQ says I'm an angry elf. <laughs> Robert Larry says both Becky and Ronda will be on Raw next Monday and humiliate Charlotte. Giving Charlotte the belt is pathetic. Yes, well, I mean you know it's it's all for heat for heat. It's all for heat. Um, <clears throat> Jay King says Ronda should have never won the title. She should have, but after a year's build, like ah. I should do an episode. I should do an episode where I Warren books Ronda Rousey's first year in WWE. Because I would have had her chase the title. That's how you build a babyface. Now we're all kind of sick of her because, you know, that's not how you build babyfaces anymore. Uh, CM Phil says they want uh, they want Charlotte to, to take the heat off Ronda. And so and it is so forced. They just really want us to cheer for Ronda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They want us to cheer for Ronda. Uh, they just want to cheer for Ronda. And Blaine and Kristen are in agreement that they could not care less about Ronda's title ring. And that's a shame. Alistair Black versus, and Ricochet versus Rusev and Nakamura. I got the, uh, I got the, uh, the, the sweaty heavies tonight. When I was thinking about who Alistair Black and Shinsuke Nakamura in the same ring together, hey, who? And we got some glimpses of nice things, but I mean, you know, I wasn't expecting them to go all out on each other. But if that's not a match I'd like to see, I don't know what I'm doing here, sitting in front of you with a microphone and a and a mason jar with about I'd say a third of water left in it. So Alistair Black and Ricochet get their entrances, their gorgeous, beautiful, main roster prepped entrances. I mean, if I'm a kid, like I'm 10 years old, and I see one guy rising from the depths, right? And I see another guy with smoke and like lasers, a, a shower of lasers around him. I'm, ha I'm like, this is the coolest shit ever. That is so, so cool. And look, I'm in my 40s. I'm in my mid-40s. And Alistair Black's entrance gives, gives me goosebumps. So. Ha! Um, so the heels don't get entrances, though. We, we go right, right into it. There's a lot of back and forth. Um, Alistair dodges some kicks from Nakamura. Uh, and, uh, well, actually, Nakamura does you know, dodges a, a strike from, from Alistair. And he does that. Come on! thing which Alistair goes in uh to try uh, to try and strike him uh and but Alistair dodges a kick of his own and he does his seated thing so that was cool he does a beautiful arm drag on Nakamura tags Ricochet in but Shinsuke takes out Ricochet's leg and Rusev comes in and starts beating Ricochet down with some stomps and I'm kind of disappointed that they didn't do a story where they actually worked the leg uh, because he's a high flyer and stuff. That's actually good strategy. Uh, eventually, the hot tag, uh, Talister comes in, uh, some hands, some kicks, and he leg, leg sweeps Nakamura down. Some interference follows, and Alistair gets thrown to the outside and taken down by Rusev. Back from commercial, Black eats a Rusev kick right to the back. Um, 
Rusev then starts mocking Alistair, calls him a rookie, tries to get him to, to, to hit him. And instead, instead, Rusev, what does he do? What does Rusev do to try and take down the big striker, the big man, Alistair Black? He, he puts him in a goddamn bear hug. For fuck's sake. Rusev, I love you, boy, but Jesus Christ. That doesn't give me the heavy sweaties. There's a lot of things that give me the heavy sweaties. Not, not a lot of things that give me the heavy sweaties. Very particular things. If something gives me the heavy sweaties on a consistent basis, you know you're doing something right, folks. But Rusev putting Aleister Black in a bear hug, it gives me, it gives me the uh, the the chili coolies. Gotta <laughs> get the chili coolies. No, you don't. Oh, um, hey, listen, this all comes to, uh, this all comes to, uh, a, 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 a head comes to the end when, uh, Ricochet takes Rusev out, uh, on the outside with a Fosbury flop, exploded suplex by Shinsuke, uh, on black back in the ring is Shinsuke sets up for the Kinshasa, but instead eats a black mass as he's running in. Kabloom. That is that. That is that. Alistair Black and Ricochet win again. They are on a winning streak. They're looking good. They're having great tag team matches. These guys, they're... they're well, Alistair Black this weekend at a live event was, um, was shown. There's footage circulating of him thanking uh, the NXT fans, thanking NXT for his time. I think he's, I think he's gone from NXT, and uh, kind of makes me a little sad because I like I like my NXT boys and girls. I like them. I like them there. They do good. They do good work. They do fine work. They do they do God's work down there. Ah, uh, but I look if they keep they keep pushing Alistair the way they're doing right now. And giving the Black Mass a bit of a out of nowhere kind of thing. Because he's been slapping them on like, whoo, just connecting with them a bit out of nowhere. If they keep that mystique up, he's going to be fine on Maine. He's going to be fine. J-Bone says, I need to put the heavy sweaties on a t-shirt. I don't know why anyone would buy a t-shirt with the heavy sweaties on it or anything I say for that instance. But thank you, J-Bone. If I ever do it, I will. If I ever do one, I will. Uh, and and keep me honest here. I will send one out to you for free. But <laughs> I don't know why. Sweaty heavies. Why would you wear that? I don't know. I guess people wear weirder shit. Um... Backstage, AJ Styles uh, is uh, talking about how happy that he is that Roman Reigns is uh, doing better. Uh, he contests the fact that he's in a slump. Uh, you know, he's his hardest, harshest critic. And he blames himself for the rise of Daniel Bryan. Oh, AJ. But then Randy Orton sort of magically appears next to him. Where was he? How did he happen? Is it still some leftovers from being in the Wyatt family? Maybe. Um, 
Yeah, so he's he's basically there because uh, AJ Styles says that this is the house that AJ SmackDown Live is this house that AJ Styles built, and Randy Orton just basically says the house that AJ Styles what? Oh, oh, AJ Styles, you've just been wadded by Randy Orton. We go back to the ringside area, and Lacey Evans comes out and goes away. What the fuck are they doing with Lacey Evans? This is shit has got to stop. It has to stop. It's enough of that. No, seriously. I mean, I see. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. A few, you know, when they were running the the vignettes. For the NXT call-ups, you know, uh, it was the same vignette that they'd run on Raw and SmackDown, you know, for Lars, for EC3, for Lacey, for uh, Nikki Cross and Heavy Machinery. At some point, I said that they have they have to stop broadcasting them because people are going to turn on them even before they, they, they pop into the ring because we're so fed up of seeing the vignettes. Well, this is what they're doing with Lacey Evans. This is not good heat. That's not good heat. Next comes our main event. Kevin Owens and Kofi versus Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan. This was a solid, fun match. Don't you guys think? Don't you guys think this was a good match? Rowan and Kofi start the match because Daniel Bryan doesn't want to fight Kofi Kingston because he's a, he's a chicken shit coward, liberal tree hugger. Fuck him. Oh, <laughs> Rowan scoops, slams Kofi Kingston, but Kofi comes back with some kicks, hits a spinning kick, runs the ropes, we get shoulder blocked down to the mat. Owens gets tagged in. He comes in with a flurry of fists. Nice pop for his first, uh, his first action that he get that he has since his return. Uh, he hits the ropes, but he gets shouldered down as well by Eric Rowan. Series of chops and elbows by Owens, who is in fight mode, runs the ropes. And eats a Rowan, Eric Rowan dropkick. Covers him, but only gets one. Uh, Brian comes in, but Owens gets back in control and gets uh, gets Brian back in, in his corner and tags Kofi Kingston in. He snapmares, uh, he being uh, Owens, snapmares uh, Brian. And Kofi sort of hesitantly looks at him and says, okay, we're doing a double team thing. Let's do it. Running kick follows, covers Brian, but only gets two. Kofi dumps Brian to the outside. Uh, then uh, then Kingston tags Owens in, and Owens is like, all right, whatever. And he runs the ropes and does a somersault senton over the top rope to the floor on Daniel Bryan. We're back from commercial, Eric Rowan is trying to put Kofi away. Hits a pump handle over the knee backbreaker, covers Kofi, but only gets two. Brian then comes in, keeps working Kofi down, hits a big European uppercut, basement dropkick on Kofi's back, sliding dropkick on the apron, and Kofi falls to the floor. Rowan then comes over and scoop slams him onto the floor. Kofi rolls back in, gets covered, but only gets two. A splash by Rowan on Kofi. He gets covered, but only gets two. Rowan then has Kofi on the -the over-the-shoulder backbreaker position. And rams him into the uh, corner turnbuckles. Brian then comes in, goes um, 
up top with Kofi Kingston and hits a magnificent superplex. And one of the reasons that a superplex works really well is when the person who is on the receiving end of the move will extend his or her limbs uh, wildly, uh, will extend them fully. There we go. That's what, those are the words I'm looking for. And Kofi, Kofi just was ready to take any kind of bump at that point. That was a remarkable, remarkable superplex right there that Kofi just made look absolutely gorgeous. Kofi rolls Brian up for a pin, but Brian kicks out and gets the label lock in. But Kofi, of course, reaches the ropes to break it up. The corner drop kicks followed by Brian. He hits two of them, but Kofi battles back on the third with a stomp, I guess, like a jumping stomp. Camera work on that one was shitty. Owens tags himself in. Big body uh, drop on Brian. <clears throat> Excuse me. Runs him over in the corner. Hits a missile drop kick and a senton. Cannonball into the corner. But Rowan comes in and gets the claw. The skull claw on Owens. But Owens dumps him out. Super kicks him on the apron to the floor. And Daniel Bryan runs into the pop-up powerbomb by Owens to a, a big pop. Covers Bryan but only gets two. Um... Match uh, the um, match comes to an end when um, Kofi Kingston, who is on the outside with Eric Rowan, tosses him into the post. Then Kofi goes up top and up top and does the trust dive on Rowan. And man, doing the trust dive on just one guy has to be freaking scary. Like when you do it with a mass of people, two or three dudes on the outside, you know you probably feel a little more secure. But doing it on just one guy, that's got to be scary. And the match comes to an end when Kevin Owens hits a goddamn stone cold stunner on Daniel Bryan for the pinfall. And I'm still shocked. I go, wow. <laughs> like, I, you know, if you've listened to Kevin Owens do any type of interview in the past, you know, Stone Cold is the greatest of all time for him. So is it an homage for his return? Or is the stunner now uh, Kevin Owens' new finisher? Only time will tell, but the pop-up powerbomb didn't do the trick, right? That was That's usually his, his signature move. But I kind of popped at that. I was like, wow. So a big return for Kevin, uh, which is good news. Should make us happy. Um, should make all of us happy. I think we're better off having Kevin Owens. Now, I was actually thinking before this evening happened that Kofi Kingston would have his match at Fastlane, would lose, and Kevin Owens would return and challenge Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania, and that would be a fantastic match. But now, the cards are a little... We've been shifted around a bit. Not quite sure what the next step is. So that's why I like the fact that Kofi's been moved out of the main event at Fastlane. There's a, a level of intrigue here. And it's good for Kofi. It's good for Kevin. It's good for Daniel Bryan. You know, we have a main event scene on SmackDown right now that has a new face. 
We have a new champ, like it's still Daniel Bryan who's champion, but we have Kofi Kingston who's still in the main event scene, and we have a proven main eventer that we haven't seen in months back in here and looking good and acting like Kevin Owens' prize fighter, which was, I, I can't remember who was talking about this um, in the chat earlier, but it does look like we have prize fighter Kevin Owens on our hands. So it's it's good news. It's good news, folks. Hmm. Well, that was uh, that was SmackDown Live. I thought it was a good show. I thought we had we were spoiled by WWE main roster this week. There was a, a lot of great in ring action. Some faces, a lot of faces that we want to see. And on top of that. Surprises, thrills, and swerves. A lot of that. Good. I don't know if this is all Bruce Pritchard's doing. I'm going to be honest with y'all. Y'all. Like I'm from this. Like like I'm not from a northern country that's under seven meters of snow or it feels like. What's seven meters? It'd be like 10, 20 like maybe 22, 23 feet of snow. Um, the, um, what was I going to talk about? I don't remember. <laughs> I got, uh, I got started talking about snow and I got, uh, I got completely t- uh, thrown, uh, thrown off. No, we had some fantastic stuff this week. Oh, Bruce Pritchard. As a parting, parting word. Well, we still talk about just a few weeks ago, maybe a couple of months now, um, when, uh, you know, the McMahons were all in the ring and we're saying, you know, we're going to listen to you, new faces, new things. We're going to, you know, this is fresh, the fresh era of WWE, right? You bring back Bruce Pritchard on your creative team? Nothing against Bruce Pritchard. He's... Contributed fantastic stuff to the wrestling business. Some stuff that's not so good either. But I mean, I you know, he has a record. He's been in the business. He knows how it works. I love his podcast. But, uh, man, man, it, I was a little weirded out. When they announced that he was coming back, I was like, isn't this like the era of freshness? Weren't we supposed to like get new things going? Bring back old guys into creative? We're trying to, we're hoping that the old guys get out of creative, if you know what I mean. But I don't know how much influence he had on, you know, on these episodes this week. But I mean, if 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 this is what the new the new old Bruce Pritchard will bring to the table. I am all, all for it. Mm. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank everyone who joined again tonight in the chat. It still bo- bo- boggles, baffles me that uh, that people would actually like to take some time out of their day and just come listen to me talk about wrestling. But we do have a nice crew. We have a fun crew of people. Uh, in the chat, if you if you've never if you've never experienced the Warren Hayes show live, I do suggest that you come check it out. It's it, it it's a fun time. It's a good time with some uh, some cool people 
Very respectful. Always fun. Much less nipple talk, though, usually than what happened this evening. I want to thank everyone for, for joining me, for watching on whatever platform you like. Come uh, FightfulSelect.com tomorrow for my 205 Live NXT NXT UK recap show. Otherwise, I'll be back next Monday for the uh, next edition of Monday Night Raw. So, guys, thank you all so very much. We'll see you next time. Bye.